Well, on this beautiful fall afternoon, thank you for coming. Because I wondered if I would come myself without my canoe getting across the parking lot. So we have a great reading to reflect on today that makes it all better. St. Mark takes us to Jericho today for the geography buffs among us. Jericho is a Palestinian city on the west bank of the Jordan River. Due to an abundance of springs in and around the city in a generally desert region, which is ironic since we're being flooded out, it has attracted and still attracts people to settle in the area. In fact, it's one of the oldest cities in the world. I've been to Jericho a couple of times, actually. All the tour guides boast that it it's produces the best fruits and vegetables in the world. And each time, I roll my eyes. I tried many of their fruits and vegetables with a certain lack of humility. As a U.S. Midwesterner, they have no idea what good produce is, but I digress. During the time of, Jericho, of Christ, Jericho was a popular resting place and a center of commerce, most especially for those who were on pilgrimage on their way to Jerusalem. It was kind of the final launching pad, if you will, toward the holy city, which was 17 miles to the southwest. So as Jesus and his disciples journeyed, it was a logical place to stop and to recharge their batteries as they journeyed to Jerusalem, which was code, as we know, for Jesus' ascent to Jerusalem to suffer and die for us. It was difficult for Jesus to go anywhere unrecognized at this point. He had performed signs and miracles. He had preached fiery and challenging sermons. He was drawing lots of attention, so as they left Jericho towards Jerusalem, he had a large, probably boisterous crowd that followed him. But despite all the chaos, Jesus hears a troubled soul on the side of the road. He must have been desperate because the crowd also hears him and harshly tells him, in our language, shut up. Stop bothering the teacher. But bravely he cries out all the louder, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Think of a baby bird chirping furiously to gain the attention of his mother. He once had one chance and he had to commit to it, calling Jesus the Son of God, the second time. And Jesus stops dead in his tracks. In that proclamation, he realizes that this blind man has tremendous spiritual sight. And with the restoration of his physical sight, Jesus performs his last miracle on the road to Jerusalem. Again, code for his death. As he had done during other healings, Jesus is simply demonstrating on the outside what he found present or lacking on the inside. Interestingly, there is an added credibility for Bartimaeus because Mark uses his name. People must have known who he was. Despite his wretched circumstances on the side of the road with just a cloak for a home, at least people knew his name. This is most especially true when we put his story in its context in chapter 10 of St. Mark's Gospel that we've been meditating on for the last three Sundays during this fall. Bartimaeus' story is the key that unlocks the message of the whole chapter and its meaning and its teaching that Jesus pro pro proposes, again, throughout this chapter. For the Gospels this month have all been about those who think that they can see but are really blind, and the blind man who sees. 
Chapter 10 began with the Pharisees asking Jesus scrupulous questions about the law regarding divorce. They're trying to entrap him in a technicality of the law so they can reassert and maintain their control. We see the same thing throughout our world today as so many jockey to be on top and in, as they control to cancel others, as we call it. In both the cases of the, the Pharisees and the prideful rulers of this earth, they're all blind. Next, we heard about the rich young man who followed all the rules and regulations of the law and the commandments. He frequented the synagogue, which is a nice way to saying he went to Mass every week. And he proudly tells Jesus that he has checked off all the right boxes in life. His questions to Jesus seem like an eternal insurance policy because he's got it all together just to make sure that all will be well when Jesus enters into his glory. Jesus focuses in on the man's one weakness, which happened to be, in his case, an obsession with money and what it buys. And we soon discover that the rich young man is also a young, spiritually blind man. For he had many possessions of which he was not willing to part. This too is a problem in our modern world. We hold tight to things so much so that it blinds us from the truth of what will truly bring us happiness in life. And then finally, last week we heard of the story of James and John, the sometimes uh, arrogant, boisterous, but also loved cousins of Jesus. It's interesting that after three years of following him, watching him heal the sick and serve the poor, they try to get ahead in an earthly way. Let us sit at your right and your left in the kingdom. In other words, Jesus, we are your favorites. We're your cousins. Give us the best. The servant who sits at the right and the left had a ton of power in Jesus' day. They had the power to accept those who wanted an audience or decline them. Somehow, they didn't fully grasp Jesus' desire to serve the poor and the marginalized. In our world today, there are narcissistic climbers, as some call them, that are always looking for a better position, no matter who they step on or who they leave behind. So over the last three weeks, these Gospels have given us great examples of the pitfalls of the modern age, of power, prestige, possessions, three particular vices of which we are keenly aware in our modern age. For they allow us to build walls of safety, at least we think so around us, to hide our weaknesses and sedate our insecurities. C.S. Lewis once wrote that all that we call human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God that will make us happy. Which brings us full circle to the blind Bartimaeus. He is the point, the sharp contrast between the Pharisees who lord their power over the little people and the rich man who holds tightly to his possessions at the expense of others and two overly ambitious apostles who are trying to position themselves in the kingdom that is to come. Sometimes we want to be on top, but Jesus calls us to pay attention to those who are down on their luck. When we grab for power and material things, Jesus calls us to be servants. 
We rush to be in places of privilege, and Jesus calls us to be obedient to him like little children. This blind man, by contrast, has nothing but a cloak which he bravely casts aside in order to come to Jesus. Who really, then, is the poor blind one? Bartimaeus, despite his blindness, truly sees with his heart and with his soul. So perhaps let us try to focus on the least people around us instead of the greatest. In doing so, perhaps we too will come to believe that even in our weaknesses and difficulties and sinfulness, that God still loves us. Faith encourages us to be like the blind man and like little children, to simply have faith in God and his ability to manage all that is out of our control. It is faith that will open our eyes, cure our blindness, bring us into the light, and allow us to fully embrace who we are as disciples of Jesus Christ. And perhaps then we will more fully follow Jesus along the road as did our spiritual brother, Bartimaeus.